Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished sportsperson from Kolkata, currently, Saurav Ghoshal. Saurav, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Saurav is a squash player. He is the first Indian to have won the Drysdale Cup at the British Junior Open. He's been the national champion 13 times and he's an Arjuna Award winner. What an amazing journey you've had, Saurav. Tell me, what would you say are three key milestones uh, in your life or your career? You obviously started this uh, interview off on a, on a very hard question because it's very difficult to kind of pick, you know, three know. considering the career. Uh, Even all the recognitions, but yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, in my, in my mindset, I've always kind of, uh, you know, thought about what I've done on the world stage uh, and that's been most dear to me. Mm-hmm. So I think begin with um, winning the British Junior Open in 2004, that kind of almost kind of announced my arrival onto the scene in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, announced the arrival of Indian squash in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, after that, a lot of people actually started believing that we could actually go to these events and actually win and not just be also rants. Right. Uh, so I think that kind of changed the perception of Indian squash a little bit. So the British Junior Open in 2004, moving on from that, um, I think the team gold medal at the 2014 Asian Games, wow. uh, I think that was... And it still is my most uh, dear memory of my mm-hmm. entire career. Because uh, ever since, you know, I was a kid, you know, everyone dreams of being world champion, mm-hmm. uh, world number one. Of course, those dreams are still with me. Uh, but I've always had this thing that I want to win something big mm-hmm. as part of a team for India. Uh, okay. Because I've always felt that if I'm doing it as part of a team, that means it's not just me. Mm-hmm. There are others who are you know, on the same bandwagon and, and doing really well for the country. Correct. And uh, for us to do it at the Asian Games, which is a big, big deal for squash uh, and for us in general, mm-hmm. uh, and to do it in the way we did it, because uh, we'd been so close, uh, you know, in the preceding uh, four to six years, but, you know, fallen agonizingly short on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to win that was huge. And then also personally for me to come back from, the massive disappointment of the loss in the individual final uh, after being match ball up um, like four days before the team final and to win it uh, and win the gold and win the first historic gold for India was, was huge. So I think that will always stay with me no matter what I go on to achieve that will always stay with me as one of my most cherished memories of my squash career. Mm. Uh, finally, you know, making top 10 in the world in, in 2019. Wow. I think that's something that has um, always you know, been with me ever since I've been, uh, you know, a junior. I've always wanted to break that barrier to, mm. to make top 10 um, because I feel like once you make top 10, you're there or thereabouts. And then, mm. you know, you can really push on to, you know, achieve that, uh, you know, almost far-fetched goal of being world number one. Um, yeah. Of course, uh, you know, you need to have short-term goals. So, mm. so it's about getting in the top eight, top five, and then obviously the world number one. But you know, that top 10 mental barrier is a huge thing. So, so to kind of do it um, uh, and also with the way I did it, I made uh, the quarterfinals of the world championships for the second time. So it's mm-hmm. almost like I kind of earned my place in that uh, in that group right. of players. Yes. So so I think, yeah, if I had to pick three, although it's super hard, but I, I guess I'd pick those three. You are amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, so now let's talk about your squash career. 
my first question to you is that you know you're probably a millennial or maybe younger you know people young people like you have have all taken to cricket and when all your contemporaries were playing cricket what made you select squash so i used to play cricket as well i actually uh, trained at the arundhal cricket academy uh, in in calcutta till i was 13 very seriously mm-hmm. um i i played squash seriously as well at the same time and um, you know how the, how the indian education system works i go into yeah. class 9 and uh, and uh, the pressure of uh, academics gets to you and it's very difficult to to do the academics as well as to sports very seriously mm. so i kind of had to make a decision at that time as to what i wanted to really really pursue mm. and um, i remember you know the the thing that really stood out for me with regards to squash was that i felt the happiest in the day when i was on the squash court whether i was playing with someone or whether i was playing by myself i just felt uh, the most excitement to to get on there mm. i still love cricket uh, i loved it back then as well uh but i also felt that you know cricket's a team sport um squash is an individual sport mm. and i just like the idea of controlling my destiny and having it in my own hands mm. uh rather than you know leaving it to 10 other people on the team because mm. you know there were days when we used to play matches and i used to play fantastically well and we used to lose mm. and there used to be days when i used to play terribly mm-hmm. and we used to win Uh, so i mean of course that's the beauty of team sport and mm. you know i think that's that's a great facet of that game of of those top types of games but i just like the idea of you know having to deal with the consequences of my own performances uh by myself uh, sounds when i say it it sounds terrible because you're thinking like you know you have to deal with so much yeah. uh, but at that time uh, i think that's what kind of kept me in the love of playing and enjoying the sport as well as having that control over my own destiny uh, and doing uh, what i could do and also maybe maybe somewhere deep down i wanted to break barriers i wanted to do something uh, which hadn't been done before i wanted to be the first to do it and i think squash gave me that that opportunity and the challenge at the same time so, so maybe that's why amazing so you know uh, 30 years ago i used to play a lot of amateur squash and i know you need a very high level of fitness uh, you have you are in the top 10 and you won all kinds of uh, recognition all over the world what kind of uh, you know fitness levels do you need as compared to other sports you know a lot of people ask me this question a lot of people actually go straight to the point and say is squash the hardest sport to play mm-hmm. um see look you know i'm very you know diplomatic in you know when it comes to answering that question because i feel whenever you're at the top of any sport mm. you need uh, to be physically very very good um, i think every sport has its unique challenges uh, and you need to train based on those challenges and make yourself the best you can be mm. uh, in those uh, kind of parameters mm-hmm. of course squash is is brutal you know a lot of the sessions that we do whilst i'm doing it i'm thinking to myself what am i doing to myself like why am i doing this mm. uh, like i'm just insane uh but uh, you get through it and it's all worth it when you actually produce what you produce uh on the big stage mm-hmm. um i think it's a question of like i said understanding what we need to do uh to produce our best in the squash court so everything that i do uh in conjunction with my uh physical trainer who who lives in philadelphia mm-hmm. like we try and kind of connect it to the game so you know we wouldn't be doing things just purely because we want to get fit you know we want to get 
fit because we can hit the ball better or get to the ball better or uh, you know uh, deal with situations when it's you know nine all in the fifth and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's one and a half hours into the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know a good example of of something that that squash really uh, is is very unique to squash is that we have to go like every like twenty thirty seconds. You know rallies generally last between. 20 seconds to you know a minute 20 minute and a half and then you go quickly again after 10 seconds so it's about you know being able to recover really quickly there's a lot of speed involved but it's a lot of speed endurance as well because you need to do it over a long long period of time mm-hmm. uh, we lunge a lot i don't think any other sport uh, you you know you lunge as much mm-hmm. uh, if i remember correctly they did like kind of like an experiment on a on a big psa match and uh, in about 60 minutes um, the two players Lunged about seven to eight kilometers. Wow! So you know, if you compare that to like, let's say, football, when they are you know playing over ninety minutes, uh, they run like you know the best players run about twelve to thirteen kilometers. Mm. But just imagine, imagine lunging like six to seven kilometers. I mean, that's that's a lot of work. Um, but you know, again, you know, footballers are su- supremely fit. Mm. Badminton players are supremely fit. You know, some of the things that they do, like you know, jumping up and down to smash. Mm. Like I wouldn't be that good at it because that's not what. my body is used to because we don't do it as much but i would be better probably at going forwards and backwards and and dealing with that kind of um you know challenges thrown at me so i think it's 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 wrong to say for any sport really that you know we are the hardest sport to play i think every sport has its challenges uh, but yeah for sure squash is hard and you know that's part of the beauty of of playing the sport and the challenge of it and that's what keeps Very us all going you know you've given Not a diplomatic answer, but you've given an amazingly honest answer. Uh, you know, addressing how, how how what fitness levels are needed across every sport. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, sort of now tell me, you know, when you are going for one of these really top matches, you know, like when you're going for the Asian Gold or you know other very very big matches, how do you prepare yourself mentally? I mean, physically, I'm sure you are in peak form. but mentally i'm told that's a very important part of the game i mean and you know just before you're going in the mental aspect of it is probably more important than the physical side of it mm-hmm. because the physical side of it and the technical side of it you've already done uh, you know whatever you had to do in training in the preceding time mm-hmm. uh, the mental side of it is is what you know makes you produce what you're capable of uh, mm-hmm. at the point when you need it um i think everyone has different ways of dealing with it mm-hmm. uh, for me I think what I try and do is that I try and accept that yes, this is this is a big time. This is a big match. Uh, this is a big week. Uh, you know, it's it's something that you know I've been working towards for 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 a very very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also kind of uh, you know feel that there's no point me feeling super nervous. You need a little bit of nervousness because that's good for you, but not super nervous or feeling an insane amount of pressure because this is what I've trained for. You know, this is. the opportunity i wanted to show what i'm capable of so i can train really hard but if i don't produce what i want to produce at this time then it's of no use so i'm privileged and lucky to be able to have the opportunity to to play at this level in in on big stages uh, so that you know i can win the asian gold mm. or you know get to the quarters of the world championships or beat the world number 1 um if uh, i'm so scared of that pressure I'm never going to have that opportunity, and if I don't have that opportunity, then I'm never go- actually going to be able to achieve anything of note. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, almost the carrot at the end of the tunnel, almost or the light at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel, is what keeps me going and and kind of uh, pushes me towards 
almost trying to enjoy the moment the the day and 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 you know realize and accept that you know this is not going to happen all through my life mm. i know that you know once i finish um i'm not going to feel a high that i feel out of competing uh, on the biggest stages and and i want to um enjoy it as much as i can uh, till the time i have left amazing amazing so tell me you know uh, why is squash not such a popular game in our country i mean is it because of infrastructure see i think uh, over the last 10 years or so i think squash has definitely uh, you know improved in terms of uh, you know where it's it's going i think the trend is definitely upward but yeah i agree it's not uh, a mass sport uh, in india uh, at this point in time uh, i think there are a few reasons for it one uh, i think we're still struggling to get in to the grassroots level into mm-hmm. schools i think that is the most important thing to you know get into schools because once you get into schools then the obviously the kids get involved and then the parents get involved and we all know how important parents are as part of an ecosystem uh, for sport in india because you need you know their support and their backing to kind of pursue it mm-hmm. uh, so i think getting into schools is is very important and that's something that uh, you know the the national federation the state federations and the sports ministry uh, need to really really look into to kind of get it there mm-hmm. uh, the other thing i think is that we're not on on live television in india enough um, i think television is the most powerful medium uh, in the in the world today in terms of uh, you know popularizing anything um you know and and i think that's uh, extremely important and and i know that you know federations around the world are are pushing really hard to get in on on tv as much as possible uh, but it's uh, it's 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 a tough uh, you know uh, place to be in because mm-hmm. there are so many sports so many other different types of content vying for the same place mm-hmm. so i think we're trying to do that um but but like i said you know things are things are improving mm. i think success breeds success so i think over the last 5 to 10 years uh you know what this generation of squash players has done uh, which i like to call the golden generation of indian squash mm. i think has helped uh, you know get people um involved in the sport a lot more because they feel like yes you know we can we can actually be uh, at the top of the tree if we put our uh, minds to it uh so i think hopefully we you know we can push forward with that and uh i think the whole ecosystem has to move with it so uh it's our responsibility as players to keep producing uh top results mm-hmm. so that you know the the admin side of things can can piggyback almost on those results and and push the other sides of the ecosystem uh to to greater lengths fascinating so you know when i was reading about uh, you and uh, squash uh, i was fascinated to find that you know pakistan The, the khans dominated the sport between the 80s and the 90s egypt is currently dominating it and it what got me thinking i mean you know countries which are not really known for most other sports pakistan maybe for cricket egypt maybe for soccer what is it that they are doing differently that they are dominating such an in- intense sport like squash look i mean the, uh, it's it's kind of sad with pakistan right now because obviously they had I mean, they have such an amazing tradition. Uh, you probably say two of the greatest players ever mm-hmm. in Jahangir and Jansher. Jansher came from there. Uh, but you know, like in any sport, uh, every country goes through cycles. Mm-hmm. And you know, they had this this unbelievable uh, period uh, of you know twenty thirty years where they were absolutely dominating everything. Uh, and now it's kind of moved on to to Egypt, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. With Egypt, you know, I think I have a better idea as to you know why. uh they're doing what they're doing mm-hmm. uh i think to begin with it's um it's a question of numbers um the probability 
of producing champions when you have that many numbers is is a lot higher. Mm. Uh, so to just to give you an example, um, India has a lot of kids playing, um, and uh, in the junior nationals in India, we have somewhere between seven to nine hundred entries every year, which is a lot compared to when I used to play junior nationals. It used to be like two hundred fifty. So you know that's where we've improved. Uh, but you know when you compare that to Egypt, when you have a local club event. Uh, for juniors, you have nine hundred players. Mm. So that's just the local club. It's not even the nationals. Mm. Uh, it's not even like a city tournament. Mm. So, uh, so I think that's that's where the numbers kind of play their part. Uh, also, you know, they've kind of managed to break through and produce a world champion, a world number one, mm. and you know, kids, you know, are watching these top top players. Every single day in training, mm. and sometimes you know the older kids get on court with them as well, and on a daily basis they kind of get an idea or they understand the benchmark mm. as to how good they need to be to be world number one or uh, world champion, and that makes a huge difference. You know, you can watch a million videos, but to watch someone live doing what they're doing, not just on court but off court as well, uh, is 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 an impression that you cannot create uh, through through video. Um, also, you know, like there's an interesting story. You know, the current world champion, uh, he's Egyptian, but he's uh, world number three, mm-hmm. and he's a very good friend of mine. Like we got through juniors, named Tarek Momin, and uh, I remember we were sharing a room in Switzerland once, like a few years back. This before he was world champion, mm-hmm. he was still three in the world at that time, mm-hmm. and he was telling me, you know, like me being three in the world, no one cares about me in Egypt because I'm three in Egypt. You know, they're only going to care if I'm. Number one, and to be number one, I have to be world number one. Yeah. So it's almost like you know that weight of expectation kind of pushes them forward a lot more. And people who can't deal with that expectation all obviously fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But if you can deal with that pressure and the burden of that expectation, generally you're going to be so strong uh, to kind of come through a lot of other kind of turmoils in your career mm-hmm. that you kind of produce uh, some top top performances through your career to be. The best player that you can be, and I think that's that's important in a lot of ways to produce the best, and that's why you see that you know countries which have uh, you know very good players in 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 the same sport generally keep producing good players as well because that kind of pushes everyone together. The competition pushes everyone together. Wonderful. So one more question about squash before I move to the next segment, and this is a question that you know I'd like to be able to send to a lot of corporates. you know right and my question is what does it cost to set up a top world class squash court i mean look i think you have to uh, look at uh, putting together at least a three or four court complex to really be able to have some sort of a program running okay. uh, a good level program in terms of basic infrastructure when you're to- taking into account even the building and you know you want to put in especially in india because it's so warm you want to put in you know an air conditioning system yeah. and all of that mm-hmm. um i would say a budget of 1 cr would really cut it would, um would, would get you three courts three to four wow. uh yeah so so you would definitely be able to do it in 1 cr mm-hmm. uh with the building and 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 top of the line really um uh, you can do it for cheaper but i'm talking about you know good ones because yeah. you want to produce whatever and then obviously you know there are running costs after that uh you know uh infrastructure is one uh, kind of pillar of producing a a top level program mm. i think the other pillar which is also very important and which we lack you know a lot in india is is expertise uh, and you know the quality of coaches 
so i think uh, it's important to kind of uh, look into that and 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 you know kind of deal with that uh, in uh, with a lot of care uh, because uh, expertise is is very important uh, to to teach the kids at a very young age what they should and shouldn't be doing uh, with uh, with every facet of their game very interesting <laughs> so i'm now going to move to a few uh, questions for you personally we perhaps have yeah. maybe two or three questions uh, my first question to you is uh, sort of you know playing at the highest level you know and you are in the top 10 in 2019 i'm assuming 2020 hasn't come out because of covid uh, and you know i'm sure you know you will keep climbing climbing up but from the stage at which you are at now having won so much have been recognized so much what does success mean to sarov so it's uh, it's interesting you know i i i think about this and when i'm talking to some kids i actually talk to them about this as well mm-hmm. uh, i mean it kind of ties into also the question as to why i'm still playing at, at mm-hmm. 34 mm-hmm. uh, you know and uh, the two things uh, that uh, you know really jump out at me when i think about it is one i love the high of competing Mm-hmm. uh you know uh, competing on the biggest stage is success in itself mm-hmm. uh you know you've earned that right to to do what you love doing mm-hmm. uh, on the biggest stage the world can offer to you at this point in time mm-hmm. so that is success in itself and uh you know that that gives you happiness mm-hmm. uh and happiness is success mm-hmm. uh the other thing is you know every now and then um you hit the perfect shot mm-hmm. it doesn't happen every day Mm. um you know it might happen once in the week it might happen twice in the same session mm. uh but the but when you do hit it you know it straight away uh and that satisfaction of feeling um you know that you've hit the perfect shot uh under pressure because you're playing with people um you know that gives me immense happiness and immense satisfaction uh so i think success is tied to happiness i think if you're not happy with what you're doing whether you're winning or losing I think over a period of time it will break down. Uh, I think uh, if you can make sure that that whatever you're doing, whether it be the process of of getting ready in terms of training for your for your big event or actually playing the event and being happy playing that event mm. uh, and obviously going on to win, obviously that helps in the in the happiness quotient. Mm. Uh, then I think you you've had success, and uh, it's important to always, at least for me, to tie tie it to to happiness because I know the day I feel like I'm not happy enough doing this i'm going to stop so uh, so happiness is i think the most important kind of quotient in terms of measuring success very interesting my next question is that you know you keep pushing yourself to achieve more and more what inspires you <laughs> i mean i don't know to be honest i think it's mm-hmm. a very uh, intrinsic uh, want and need to do more mm-hmm. um ever since i've been young uh, you know india hasn't had the richest tradition mm-hmm. in the sport uh, i remember when i was uh, young just starting out on on the professional tour mm-hmm. um you know everyone uh, you know used to ask me you know can you make top 50 uh, and then i made top 50 and then everyone was like can you make top 30 mm-hmm. and then i made top 30 and then everyone was like when can you make top 20 and you know the goal post keeps shifting depending on what you achieve Okay. uh but you know that doesn't take you to those new goal posts it's mm-hmm. it's what you create uh in your uh, in your own system so in a lot of ways i've tried to create that pressure of expectation for myself mm-hmm. uh and that's uh, that's difficult it's it's difficult to kind of keep doing it uh you know year in year out day in day out 
to kind of tell yourself that yeah okay you know i'm 13 in the world uh, that's not good enough yet mm-hmm. i want to be 5 or mm-hmm. i want to be 8 okay. um and i think that's in a lot of ways also kept me kept me grounded and mm-hmm. and humble in a lot of ways because i feel like yes i okay, i might be in the number one for however many years but mm-hmm. uh, you know when i do retire people i don't think are going to remember uh, how many national titles i won uh they probably going to remember if i stop my career today they probably going to remember the asian gold and the british junior open and that i made top 10 in the world mm. uh you know and uh, obviously if i can make top 5 they're going to remember that mm. you know that's what's the first thing that's going to go beside my name when people talk about me mm. so i think that's what keeps me going and mm. and i'm glad that you know i have that kind of un- insatiable need to do more mm. and i think that's that's very important with with anyone who wants to be a super high achiever mm. fantastic sort of thank you very much this has been such an amazing conversation i just loved your last comment you know about the perfect shot and i was trying to relate it to my amateur game of golf and i know yeah. i hit a perfect shot every 6 months but <laughs> no, it it keeps taking me back to the golf course repeatedly but yeah, i yeah. it had been such an amazing experience and learning for me talking to you about squash and i sincerely right. hope i'll see you in the top 5 very soon good luck i hope so too thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.